0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Okay, before we just, uh, well, first let's just open with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for our gathering. We don't take it for granted. We praise you for the privilege of being able to join together. Uh, to see each other, be with each other, and especially with you. We know that you are present in our midst, and we do not take you for granted. We thank you for this time. Pray for your grace to help us to receive from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said? <clears throat> okay, just before the lesson, there's a couple in their nineties and they're both having problems remembering things just to say you don't have to be in your nineties to have a problem remembering things but during a checkup the doctor tells them that they're physically they're doing okay but they might want to start writing things down to help them remember and so later that night while they're watching tv Uh, The older guy gets up from his chair and he uh, asks his wife, do you want anything while I'm in the kitchen? And she says, well, uh, will you get me a bowl of ice cream? He says, sure. She goes, well, don't you think you ought to write it down so you can remember it? No, I can remember it. Well, I'd like some strawberries on top, too. Maybe you should write write it down so you don't forget. He says, I can remember that, a bowl of ice cream with strawberries. I'd also like whipped cream. I'm certain you'll forget that, so write it down. Irritated, he says, I don't need to write it down. I can remember it. Ice cream with strawberries and whipped cream. I got it, for goodness sake. Then he toddles off into the kitchen. About 20 minutes later, he returns from the kitchen, hands his wife a plate of bacon and eggs. She stares at the plate for a moment and asks, Where's my toast? It all worked out. Okay, so we're in our series Life Lessons, uh, and tonight what I'm going to teach on is something that all of us really, we have in Jesus, but we need to brush up on it. And what I'm going to teach about is a sound mind having a sound mind? Uh, one one of the biggest areas of conflicts that all of us have has to do with our minds. And so, uh, anybody besides me ever have any? I, I was going to say mental issues, but that that sounds bad. So I'll just forget the question. All of us are subject to mental assault. And, and it can have very serious consequences. One of the greatest blessings and one of the things that personally I appreciate uh, uh, along with everything else but I greatly appreciate is that Christianity gives us and promises us a return to sanity. And I say that as far as me personally because before I got saved, I wouldn't say that I was insane, but I was only partially sane. And so it is really good to be saved and have a soundness of mind. The Bible tells us and promises us we can be sane. Now, you may tell yourself, I can be sane, or better yet, I am saying, in Jesus' name, almost rhymes, but not quite. Okay, Mark chapter 5 and verse 15. This is, many of you remember the story about the guy that was called Legion, uh, had a legion of demons, and so he got uh, released, and it says they came to Jesus, saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid uh, because this guy had been totally off the rails and one encounter with Jesus he was in his right mind 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind Ephesians 4:23 says and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, so mark five fifteen uses the phrase "right mind second Timothy chapter one verse seven talks about having a sound mind ephesians four twenty three says we have a renewed mind, and I think all of us here want to be in our right minds, right Have a sound mind and be renewed in the spirit of our minds. And so tonight uh, we're going to talk about how to put a stop to some of the mental assaults that we face. And there's uh, several things we're going to look at in this, but the key text that I'm using is 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. This is out of the New King James Version, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's just one verse of Scripture, but it is packed full, and we're going to kind of unpack it tonight. Uh, But first of all, it really does matter what we think. This is part of the battle with a lot of people is they don't really, you know, it's just a thought, so it doesn't really matter. It does matter. It matters what we think about. We are what we think. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Uh, I think there are a lot of people that don't really get this. Uh, you know, that, that how important what they think about, uh, how important that is uh I believe that if we all recognized how vitally important it is to monitor our minds uh, and to bring our minds under submission to Jesus, uh, if if we did, we'd be a lot more sane. <laughs> Sound mind. We renew our minds, all of that. Uh, if we don't, then we're just going to have our minds are just going to continue to go down wrong paths trails tracks all right we are what we think psychologist archibald hart writes research has shown that one's thought life influences every aspect of one's being now i use that quote because he's a psychologist and i thought that what he said might you know pique your interest or something rather than saying Pastor Alex says, uh, all your thoughts, you know, that uh, uh, your uh, thought life influences every aspect of your being. I thought you might, you know, listen a little better if I quoted a psychologist. Some of you are thinking, why did you do that? We'd rather believe you anyway. So, and... uh, Anyway, I'm going to say it again. Archibald Hart writes, research has shown that one's thought life influences every aspect of one's being. Now, somebody go, duh. Thank you. But it is true. Uh, Whether we are filled with uh, confidence or fear, uh, faith or unbelief, all of this are thoughts, uh, uh, thoughts, what occupy our mind on a regular basis uh, will determine how we do in life. Over the last 30 years or so, the most, most dominant movement in American psychology has been what is, is known as cognitive psychology. Cognitive psychology is built around the truth that the way we think determines so much about our lives. Now somebody say, Duh. Thank you. The way we think creates attitudes, it shapes our emotions, and it governs our behavior. The way we think even influences uh, our immune system, and uh, and, uh, our vulnerability to illness uh, is much greater, our vulnerability to illness, uh, by negative kind of thinking. So it does matter what we think. Everything uh, about our life flows out of the way we think. And now tell yourself, "I I think so. Thank you. The way we think determines how we feel, and the way we feel determines how we act. Job experienced this in Job 21, verse 6. He says, when I think about this, I am terribly afraid and my body shakes. Jove's thoughts were so troubling that he made his whole body tremble. Anybody here besides me ever been so afraid that your body actually trembled? I was thinking about this, and it reminded me when I, my first trip to Arizona, I was born and raised in the South. Uh, I came out to Arizona to live when I was 18, but before I came out to live, I made several trips out backpacking around and all that uh, when I was a young hippie. And so one night uh, I was uh, sleeping uh, in a mummy bag outside of a cabin in Williams, Arizona. And I, it was my first trip out to Arizona. So I, I didn't know about the wildlife here. You know I, did, I, you know, I didn't know. And so, but in the middle of the night, I wake up with this big wet nose stuck in my face and so I am petrified I am I am freaking out you know in my mind I can imagine a big grizzly just getting ready to take off my face now I know that there are not grizzly bears in Arizona but back then I was 17 a kid uh, and didn't know the wildlife here but I could picture a grizzly you know just getting ready to uh, and so I thought, you know, you, you what they always say, uh, play dead. And so I'm trying to play dead, but the outside of my mummy bag's going, you know, I mean, I'm I'm trembling in my. I know that my heart is just getting ready to just burst out of my rib cage, and so I'm, you know, trying to. And I realize I am not faking this creature out at all. So. I went ahead and opened up my eyes, and it's a big furry face, but it was a dog, and he licked my face, and everything was okay. But I trembled because of the fear, and so our thoughts influence the way we feel. We can have angry thoughts and uh, work ourselves up into an absolute rage. I know that there are those besides me who have had imaginary arguments with people. That you've just got matter and matter in your mind, you know, and and well, they say this, and I'll say, this and then I'll say this. Now, you know, and then all and then all of a sudden we catch ourselves going, "You are crazy." That's craziness, and so we got to monitor our thinking, right? Uh, depressing thoughts like nobody cares, I'm all alone, it'll never get any better, I can't do anything right, and all we can just Uh, uh, think ourselves into a complete stupor, right? Generally speaking, our negative thoughts come from three areas. First of all, what we think is influenced by the world, by the world around us, societal influences, family, friends, people we work with, uh, the media uh, in our neighborhood, all of that. So who we listen to What we watch on TV, the things we read, the sites we go to on the internet are all shaping our minds and will determine the kind of people we become, the world. Our thoughts, secondly, come from the flesh, or in other words, from us. Some of our thoughts are just out of our own carnality. Matthew 15, 19, and 20, Jesus said, For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. And so sometimes people wonder, man, where did that thought come from? Sometimes they just come from right inside of us. So the world, the flesh, and then thirdly, some of our thoughts come from. From the devil. 2 Corinthians, how many of you know there's a real devil? 2 yeah. Corinthians 11, verse 3 says, But I am afraid, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. The word minds that is used here in the original language that this was written in was Greek. And it's the Greek word of, the, of minds is noema, and it's the same Greek word that's used for thoughts. So 2 Corinthians 11.3 could just as accurately read, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your thoughts may somehow be led astray. Satan tries to lead our thoughts astray, isn't that right? by planning thoughts of fear, doubt, uncertainty, anger, hatred, impurity, and on and on and on. So, whatever the origin, the world, the flesh, or the devil, all of us have to get a grip on our thoughts. Tell yourself, get a grip. Okay, I want to talk now, and this is where we're going to unpack this Uh, verse of scripture, our opening text, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, and how to have a sound mind. We're going to talk about two basic things that are closely related. First of all, how to have a sound sound mind, it requires a reaction. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, the first part of it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. When we catch ourselves thinking the wrong way, we can't just let it go. And that's our problem is a lot of times what we do is we just kinda of let our minds travel and get sometimes get ourselves into trouble. So we've got to react and do something about it. Those thoughts that are going astray, we gotta react. Uh, can I tell you something about my wife Cindy and bugs or bees? They get a reaction. I was thinking about this and, you know, in our house if she finds a bug, uh she calls for the gladiator. <laughs> but anyway, but I was thinking about Cindy and I were walking, uh I think it was one a spring day, it was comfortable. We were we were walking in our neighborhood and we're just casually walking along and you know it was one of those beautiful days we're casually walking and you can almost hear in the background uh you know you know that kind of it's just peaceful and all but all of a sudden a bee comes and starts attacking her you know it's bzzz, and she's you know, we were we were walking casually along da, da, da and then all of a sudden, da, 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 you know, and she's flailing, and and uh, I had a, a hat on, and so I uh, take off my hat, and this bee is—I mean, it's just really going after. So I'm I'm smacking her with my hat, trying to kill the bee, and he finally quit messing with her and stung me on the forehead, and so I took. I took the sting for my wife. <laughs> Noble, huh? Anyway, I was thinking, man, if, if if someone had been watching this whole scenario, you know, we're casually walking, and then all of a sudden we're both, you know, and I'm hitting her with my hat, you know, and all, that that would have been just hilarious. It, it would have been great to have capture on, on video, but... We didn't. But anyway, bugs and bees cause a reaction with, with Cindy. And so our wrong thoughts require a reaction. And the Bible tells us casting down imaginations. Now, uh, this isn't just when it talks about casting down imaginations. It's not just warning us uh, against having an overactive imagination. When I was growing up in my neighborhood, there was a kid that was a couple of years younger than than I, and he uh, uh, he talked, and we I can remember the scene specifically. In fact, I could take you to the exact location in our neighborhood where this happened. He had just moved in recently, I think, with his family. He was a couple of years younger than me and the friends that I hung out. But we we came over into the street where he was living. He comes walking up. He starts talking, and and I mean, this kid talks about his imaginary friend, and he's talking to this imaginary friend like he's standing right there. And this kid's only like five or six years old, something like that. But he's talking. I mean, and I mean, he is like serious he creeped us out. And so we just kind of exited stage left, you know. Hopefully he grew out of it or it became a serial killer or something, I don't know. But if if we're an adult and if we still have an imaginary friend, we should probably cast it down or out, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> But when Second Corinthians is talking about casting down imaginations, it's not just talking about an overactive imagination. The word imaginations that's used here actually means reasoning. And so we are to react and cast down reasoning that is against or contrary to the knowledge of God. Now, this kind of thing happens all the time where we have thoughts that bombard us that are against the knowledge of God or what's true of Him and His will. Example, like God's not there, or if He is there, He's not listening, or if He is listening, He must not care, and on and on, right? Those kind of thoughts. Or, Thoughts about ourselves that are not true about us and who we are in Christ. Uh, Like, I'll never change. Stuff in my life is never going to get any better. And so you and I have to cast down those kind of thoughts because they're contrary to what's true of God and they're contrary to what's true of us in Him. Right? Okay. So notice the wording in 2 Corinthians Chapter 10 and verse 5, casting down. It literally means to demolish, pull down, destroy. So we've got to react against those thoughts. We can't just let them go. Uh, it's, it's incredible what we can allow ourselves sometimes to think about. Sinful thoughts, self-accusing thoughts, God-accusing thoughts, and sometimes what we do is we kind of we can justify it by saying, well, it's just thoughts, it doesn't really matter because they're only thoughts. But they do matter, don't they? Yeah. Bob, our, doesn't one translation say casting down arguments also? It does, arguments are reasonings, yeah. So our thoughts shape our lives cast down, demolish, destroy, or in other words, react. Now, wouldn't that be nice if we could just delete thoughts as easily as we can delete a file on our computers? Wouldn't that be wonderful? With just a keystroke, uh, we can delete volumes of information on our computers. And and uh, with me, that hasn't always been a good thing. I got myself into trouble uh, uh, recently on my, uh, my laptop. I had a Uh, a file that was like a duplicate of everything that I thought on my hard drive. So I thought, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just, it's a duplicate. And so I deleted it. But within that file were other files that weren't on my hard drive. And so it, anyway, long story short, uh, Alex Chadsey can tell. I asked him about that. And I asked John about it. I asked everybody about it. It got all worked out. But it was a hassle. Anyway. I wish I could, in my mind, you know, I, I, all of us have, no doubt, gigabytes of files that we would love to just delete, right? We may not be able to delete every thought that's contrary to God, but we can, what we can do is cast them down. And what I mean by that is something as simply as saying and telling ourselves I'm not going to let this go. I refuse to think this way. And see the the difficulty we have sometimes is we think, well I have I have no control over my mind. We do. We do have control over our minds. And that's it's a cop out. Now, granted, there are some thoughts that are so pervasive and persistent that it almost feel it can feel like we don't have any control, but we do. And we can. And so if, if we say, well, I'm not going to let this go. I refuse to think this way. I cast it down in Jesus' name. But comes back. I cast it. We continue on and, or, or divert our thinking, and that's what I'm going to kind of talk about uh, secondly here, and channel our mind in a different direction. So wrong thinking requires a reaction. We can't just let it go. So tell yourself, I'm not going to let it just go. If we're going to have a sound mind, it requires a deliberate action. So there's reaction and then action. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And what he's really saying here is that we have to become more God-minded. God help us to become more God-minded. Uh, Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set your mind, it's talking about us, something we do, set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. So when it says this, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, he isn't talking about this kind of spacey, hyper-spiritual thing where we never face the hard realities of life. So, it's, it's not saying, you know, if the economy is in chaos, just ignore it. Or if, if you're hit with uh, a physical uh, difficulty or ailment, that you just ignore it. Or if our kids have problems, don't, just, don't, don't, just ignore it. Listen, setting our minds on things above means this we are determined to have and keep God's perspective in the midst of the hard realities of life. So another, and i got several examples. I don't know if I left them in your notes. But if the economy tanks, we set our our minds on things above. Uh, Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. So uh, I think about money a lot. I think about. I know. I probably think about money a lot more than what I ought to. I don't believe that I'm. I don't believe that I'm covetous. I don't believe that I uh, am uh, greedy. Or, but I do. I think about money a lot. I'm concerned about the economy. I just am. And so when I look at, I, it and it, so it affects me. You know, I'm, I think about the future and things like that. I'm not terrified, I'm not, you know, but what I'm telling you is is that I have to redirect my mind when I when I see things in the economy and if you listen to some uh of the projections for the future in the economy <laughs> it can be terrifying what can, I mean I I saw a thing about our national debt today this, I just and it wasn't a commentary it was just the the figure of the national debt. And it's, you know, it's, it can be unsettling, right? I mean, that's, wow, it's like, oh my gosh. And so what do we do? When we get concerned, I, I don't, the reason why I'm going on about this a little bit is I don't think I'm the only one that thinks about and wonders about the economy and the future and all that. So what we do, though, we ought to have God-mindedness, and set our minds, and that is, develop in our hearts an assurance that God's going to supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That God has his own, in the midst of the world economy, God has his own economy. And it might be good to read uh, Matthew chapter, is it five or, Matthew five and, read Matthew five and six, Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew 6, where it talks about, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Your heavenly Father knows. But it would be good if if you have been concerned about the economy. It would be great for you to read through Matthew chapter 6. Because Jesus says, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Our needs, He knows. And knowing, He provides. He's a good dad. He's a good father. He's not going to throw rocks at us. He's not going to throw... Uh, snakes at us or any of this. He's going to give us good things, right? So uh, if the doctor happens to give us a bad report, we, it doesn't mean that we ignore it and just say, I refuse to even listen to this diagnosis. It isn't so much that as it is setting our minds on the promises of God and what Jesus has purchased for us. Uh, Isaiah 53.5, by his stripes I am healed. And so we set our minds on a on a higher reality, right? If our kids are in trouble and we're concerned about our kids, 2 Timothy 1 verse 12 is a verse of Scripture that I have uh, uh, used in my life, that I've meditated on in my life, uh, about my kids and their uh, their future and what is going on in their lives. God is faithful to keep what we have committed to Him against that day. And so I commit my children, and that's what we do. We commit our kids, our grandkids, into the keeping of God's hands, believing Him that He's going to intervene in their lives, Right. So all of these things. This, uh, what I'm talking about isn't always easy. Uh, and I think that's why the Bible uses the phrase, bring our thoughts captive. It's because our thoughts continually are trying to run away toward fear and despair and hopelessness. And so we've got to capture them. We've got to act and capture our thoughts to the obedience of Christ. Uh, if you ever catch yourself wondering, why, I, you know, I just feel spirit, so spiritually blah, or I feel so depressed, or I feel so anxious and fearful, and why am I feeling this way? It may be because of what we've been thinking about. And so in the midst of those times, all of us have uh, times where we have anxious thoughts or, or uh Um, just thoughts that are going awry, we need to demand something of ourselves, and that is, I demand my thoughts to line up with the truth of God's Word. Demand it. And so when when our minds are starting to go astray, we rein it in, bring it captive, we act and bring it captive to the truth of God and His Word. Francis Frangipane said, every battle we face in life is over the word and whether or not we can build our lives upon the faithfulness and integrity of God. And I want to just make a declaration from uh, 47 years of living for God that we can build our lives upon the faithfulness and integrity of God. He is faithful. Uh, he has integrity. He does what he says he will do. And we can trust his word over everything else. <clears throat> we must capture our thoughts with truth. Uh, John 14 and verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. He embodied truth. His word is true. He is faithful. He is faithful and true. Revelation, he's got a, a, a banner across him that says faithful and true. He is faithful and true, and we need to depend on him and his word. Romans 3 verse 4 says, let God be true and every man a liar. And so you can call your thoughts Liars. That's a lie. That's a lie. Cast them down. God is true. Our thoughts will lie to us and say things like, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never measure up as a Christian. You're all alone. But let God be true and every man a liar. We can trust Him to be true to His Word. And you and I, can rein our thoughts into the truth of God's Word, if we're going to have sound minds, we've got to capture our thoughts with truth. Okay, so I'm going to close with a portion of Scripture. It's, It's Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2, and then verse 10 and 11. This is some truth that we can depend on. And I use this because we are we are in troubling times. You know, you could you can say that pretty much you could say that pretty much anytime. All times are trouble, there's trouble, there's stuff going on. But in the midst of troubling times, listen to this. Verse 1 God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. In other words, no matter what crisis, catastrophe is going on, God is our refuge, strength, very present help in trouble, and we don't have to fear. Verse 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah, or in other words, think about it. We need to think about it. Our minds will be sound as we capture it with the word of God. Now tell yourself, I believe it. Let's pray, and we're going to go ahead and close right now. If you'll just pray this out with me. Repeat this out loud. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a sound mind. I ask you to help me think right thoughts. Help me to react to wrong thoughts and to cast them down. Help me to capture my thoughts with the truth of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now let me just pray over us as a as a body and those that are listening online. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness and your truth. You are true to your word, and tonight, Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word and and for your grace to help us. Lord, I recognize that. That all throughout this building and those that are listening online, there are those who have troubling thoughts, things that have today been troubling them. Lord, tonight we bring these thoughts into the obedience of Christ, thanking you that in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the contrary thoughts, in the midst of our mind wanting and trying to wander, we thank you that you are true, true to your word, you're our refuge, our strength, and therefore we will not fear. We praise you for it. We thank you for the strength and the truth of who you are and your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Next week, we'll continue on with our series. Hallelujah.